It's the Selling on eBay radio show. All the eBay hits without any of that hip-hop and rap. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. Yeah, fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry with another fine program. So it's the Selling on eBay radio show. Philip Jackson and Sherry Smith with you. You're very welcome. Thank you for your time, for joining us today. Um, Sherry is a full-time eBay seller based in Colorado. She runs a major operation with lots of uh, worker types beavering away in her basement, making her eBay money for her. She's usually uh, immaculately turned out for the show. This week looks a little different, like missing half her hair. She's been tearing it out in frustration. We'll find out later on. And Philip has sold nearly $4 million on eBay. He went full-time 12 years ago and sells professional electronics on eBay, mostly because he just can't bear to chit-chat with the consumers about mm-hmm. their dogs, so he sticks with business sales. I'm a cat person. How about that? Oh, you are. Uh Mm -hmm. So coming up on this week's edition of the Selling on eBay radio show. Okay. We test drive the new listing tool. Did we switch back to the old version? Mm -hmm. Find out. And also eBay says under the new strategy, they're not going to do any more of that buying of business. But is that really true? And monster glitches earlier in the week. Uh-huh. find out about That's that. That's where and, my hair uh, went. Okay. And uh, <laughs> thankfully for me, Sherry's going to explain how you manage combined shipping on eBay, something I have never fathomed out, uh, which options are in front of us and which do we recommend for any particular given situation. And did we make more money in 21? Find out. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll coming compare. up, uh, we've got more eBay news on the way. But uh, first of all, let's find out what's been happening in our respective businesses this week. And I think, uh, Sherry, you alluded a moment ago to uh, various fun and games earlier in the week with the, uh, the eBay systems, right? Oh, yeah. And it was right at the height of Monday shipping. Uh-huh. I had a massive amount to ship. I don't know if you remember me talking about the big high-end kitty litter boxes. Mm-hmm. Well, I sold three of those, so those are big and time-consuming. Anyway, I had over 35 items Are they the automatic ship. ones or just fancy? They're not automatic. They're just, they have their top entry. So they're really high up and the cat crawls up on the top and then goes down in from the oh, lid, which means that they're big. It's also a way that is supposed to prevent litter from it's being uh, spread around everywhere, which is what cats like to do. Yes. I so, can see the uh, idea. Uh-huh. And they're selling like hotcakes. Oh, good. Okay. Well done. Um, but by the time it was the afternoon and I thought, yes, I can get these 15 shipments done in the next hour, um, glitches started to occur and um, I called eBay and he said, is it putting you in a loop of making you sign back <laughs> in and back in and back in? I said, yes, that's part of it. And also checking to see if I was a human and making me click on every picture with a boat, mm. which imp- apparently I'm really bad at. Finally, it said I had passed that and then it would do a screen that said something went wrong. Now, after you get past that, uh, you would start setting up your um, package size and then it would say no payment options are available try again later and i'm thinking like i gotta gotta get it done right now clubs in oh yeah they're like really riled up about this (laughs) i was getting pretty intense you know do you know that there was a study with rats that showed inconsistent results for the same behavior causes insanity oh i thought that was the test of insanity is that uh the the rats are smarter than we are (laughs) Yeah, actually, that isn't what the test was. When the resort, when the reward is inconsistent, they press the lever even more oh. for the re- for the treat than when it's so. When it's inconsistent, they press it more. Anyway, that's what I was doing. I was clicking, 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 opening multiple windows, and occasionally you got through and created a label. One of the problems I think is that eBay 
is very reluctant ever to say there's any kind of technical problem or glitch. It has to be totally earth-shattering and well past the event before they acknowledge it. Other places that you interact with electronically, usually there's a page you can go to and they'll, they'll show you the system stack and which bits are not functioning with a comment and stuff. So you don't waste your time having to go back and hammer away at it to try and figure out, is this something that's unique to me? Do other people have the same problem? Is it fixed yet? You just can monitor the status. You can go do something else. When it looks goes or goes green, you get back on the job and, and carry on. And they're just so... I don't know, just, they don't like admitting anything publicly. They might tell you over the phone, as they did with you, but it doesn't really help you know exactly when you can go back and do it. It just wastes a lot of time. Yeah, it would... I. It would be good to be notified when it is fixed. To their credit, they fixed it in like mm -hmm. probably about an hour. Um, and when it did work, there would be a pop-up that said, use your funds and payment of your choice. And another one that said, track your spending on labels more efficiently. So I think this new change is what caused the ah. Because they have, I think, um, at this point now rolled out that minor change to the payment system that allows one more extra level of flexibility in getting paid? Yes. Was that, do you think, the trigger? I do. And I noticed that that has been implemented where you can now request your funds on demand. Hmm. So I believe that that is what maybe caused it. But I'm wondering if the person who rolled that out on a Monday afternoon still <laughs> has a job. I probably got promoted. Anyway, so that's interesting. Any particular advice to anyone that's maybe newer to all this kind of stuff, what to do in the event that things start to go wrong? Is there a particular yes. recommendation based upon all this rather frustrating experience that you could pass on? Yes, I think instead of banging my head up against the wall, I could have switched to something like pirate ship mm. um, in case the eBay APIs were working during this. It's not a bad idea because um, sometimes the internal systems work very differently from third party and yes. third party sometimes carries on working because it uses the different back door into the systems and maybe the authentication method is different um and it's you know something like pirate ship doesn't cost anything to set up does it so you know it's right. a good way of testing maybe get you off the hook yes because i know so i need to do that for mm -hmm. one because quite often, if there's a problem, for example, I use ShipRush to do the, the labels, but it has its good and bad days. But I can always then go, if I need to, to the eBay system and, and print off there if for some reason I'm getting no result with the other one. I don't have to. It's unlikely they'll both be down at the same time. That's the key. Yeah, have multiple choices. Have them ready. When there's there a glitch, go. switch to the other. All right. How about um, you? How was your week? Let's have a look. I did. It's been a bad week for returning stuff. I don't know what I've done wrong, but uh, anyway, I won't bore you with all that. But I certainly have noticed this consistent requirement to supply a photo when saying I need to return something, which is interesting development. We spoke about it the other day, but I'm not sure quite what they do with that information, whether you could put any photo you like, your doggy or whatever. And um it kind of implies someone's going to look at it and make a decision, but that isn't explained. So is there a new policy thing coming out that will maybe cause someone to look at these photos? I mean, Donna or, or, uh, said the other day, because she was on the, on the program, that she thinks there's an unofficial back-end process that you can call eBay and say, look at that photo the guy sent with, with his request. That's clearly proving that I'm in the right and he's in the wrong, and somehow you can manually get them to review something. I don't know how reliable that is, but uh, anyway, so they seem to be asking for photos. That was my, my point. I'm not quite sure where this is going. I guess we'll find out at some point. Yes. Um, and you said you had some problems also with uh, using the mobile app as well. Yes, I think this is a test to see how long I can maintain my sanity. Yeah, it's been a tough um, Because I'm managing my account and then I also manage an account for the charity. And um, so when I get questions, and like you know, when I get questions on my phone, I actually go in and do a lot of eBay business on my phone. And I'll, if I answer a question and it's for my account, it forces me into the app, even if I start on Chrome on my phone, the message forces me into the app. And if I'm not signed into my account on the app, it doesn't work. And the way that I was kind of handling the two accounts is have 
signed in on Chrome on my phone on one account and um, the app on the other. Okay, but then there's another layer to this. When I was trying to do this, you know, and it's when I'm on the go and I'm not at home, so it's it would be nice if it was easy. Um, I thought, okay, fine. I'll sign out of the other account on the app and sign into my account on the app. And it's almost impossible. Tell me if you've experienced this. I know, Philip, you're not using the app that much. But it's really hard to find how to sign out on the app. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm, this is not just an old person, a, like, technology problem. Sometimes it's findable and sometimes it isn't. Mm. And I even had one of the teenagers that works for me. I'm like, here, can you sign me out of this app? And it took him a while to find it. It was not intuitive. So, Okay, so you've got two questions. Whammy. One, I think, is signing out of the app. And the other is whether someone's got a good way of managing more than one account on the one mobile device that allows you to flip between two different accounts. I mean, I would like to find yes. that interesting because I, I want to be able to handle both buying and selling, and I use separate accounts for those. And I don't really get involved in it because I think it's too complicated. But maybe there's a way of doing that. So uh, let's yes. ask the nice lady to tell you how to get in contact should you have some thoughts on that. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's one 1- Eight three 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 two two nine seven two three. Now she back to Philip and Sherry. Very good. Um, yeah. Let's have a look she here. She sounds also, agitated. <laughs> yeah. like um, she's if you, if you nice. lived on a server somewhere in the cloud, you'd probably be pretty upset too. Yes. Um, also, I noticed this week I got involved in a dispute, which is uh, kind of routine for me, and uh, it's not a big dispute, but it kind of introduced a new twist on things. Now I. Some stuff, of course, comes by UPS. That's increasingly the uh, the lower-priced option on eBay for larger items. And I had set up on the U the uh, UPS site this My Choice thing, delivery thing, where you can tell them your vacation dates or you can have stuff delivered to the back door, garage, whatever. And I think I said back door because that's where my work area is. And kind of as part of selecting that option, one of the things it kind of forces you to do is to select an option that says, by clicking here, I hereby release UPS from any downstream responsibility for items that get delivered. So I can't, in theory, go after them for damage or wrong delivery or whatever else. Kind of a blanket statement, and it seems quite a big caveat to just having them deliver stuff to the back door. And... Um, I had some dispute with a guy. He claimed that it was all going to be UPS's fault and they were going to pay out the money in the event that it went to a claim. But he then discovered that I had this option set, which I typically use for managing vacations. And he then got very upset because he felt that he'd bought insurance from UPS and that money was now wasted because he couldn't claim from UPS because I'd set this vacation thing up. And he has a point, I think. Now, his problem was that the item was just rattling around in a huge box with no packing. So I thought it was something of a moot point as to whether UPS would pay anything anyway under any situation. But it did cause me to think. And I have turned off that thing, and maybe I'll just use it on the specific dates that I'm not going to be here. Um, because, I mean, who knows how these things might get adjudicated if things go to a... You know, eBay to make a decision. And the last thing you want to do is if a seller is a bit slippery and you're trying to get something resolved, is, is to give them a free get out of jail free card. Um, so that's a learning point for me. That is quite a, quite a big thing to sign off on and it may cause problems. So I've turned that off and I would suggest that if you are using the UPS planner to have your stuff delivered on certain dates that you just look at the small print on that because it might come back and bite you in the event there's some kind of downstream claim. Yeah. Is he going to refund you? Uh, to be honest, I got the item working, which was my main problem with him, and it was a little beaten up from the packing process, but, you know, what can you do? It's not worth going to war on that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, also, on other stuff here, I noticed that, you know, when uh, the Jamie announced the new eBay strategy, they kind of poo-pooed 
the stuff that had happened in the past about all these eBay bucks promotions and discounts and coupons and stuff they'd been doing under the previous administration to try and bring people onto the platform or get them to spend more money on the grounds that they were spending more on the marketing than they ever got back in the revenue. Well, curiously, the eBay bucks program, which they've sort of backed away from, at least as far as I was concerned, this week seems to have kicked into overdrive because three accounts of mine um, got the email saying, hey, opt in and get 5% eBay bucks. And obviously, that's sort of something they do towards the end of the month. Um, so I don't know. Are they, are they dialing up the uh, the promotional spend that they said they were not going to do? I don't know. Who knows? But it did seem odd to get it on three accounts on the same day. Uh, well, I don't yeah. know that's typical, uh, whether that's happened to you or not. But um, I mean, usually what I do is I have maybe two accounts I use a lot for buying. I leave one dormant for a while. I use the other one. And then the dormant account will get an eBay bucks message in. And then I'll start using that again trying to get as much stuff through on the eBay Bucks program and let the other one go dormant. And I go backwards and forwards according to how eBay incentivizes me to, to use one, not the other. So there you go. Yeah, I, I now at risk of sounding like a really um, an old person again, um, I had a pop-up on my phone that said eBay Bucks 5% hmm. or something like that, or say 5%. Um, and then it went away, and I can't find it. It might be in my other account. Maybe that's the deal, mm -hmm. the account. Anyway, um, so I did see one. It looks like it's for like a two-day window, and it might only be for household items related to spring is what oh, it okay. looked like All right. in the flash of a moment that I saw it. So I don't know. The question was, does, I guess, is this a sign that they are slipping back into the old ways, or maybe they're you know, not yeah. getting as much revenue as they need to, to hit the numbers? Who knows? Okay, let's press on. Let's talk about the eBay news. Kind of a quiet week um, as far as eBay news is concerned. But we did see something about changes to the USPS service, right? Yes. Yeah, so first class mail could be slower. And um, that's going to start May 1st, so oh. soon. Um, and it's changing the routing or the way that their whole operational network, I think, the way I understand it is uh, it's going to be ground and they're not going to be using FedEx planes and things like that. It might be. And I think totally by definition, if it's ground, this. then it's going to be, unless you really drive very, very fast, it's, <laughs> it's five days coast to coast typically to get a truck from one to the yeah. other, um, unless you're playing a cannonball run. Um, yeah, so some will be slower and some will be faster. There you go. So anyway, I don't know. Does it matter to you? I think provided that we know how long it's going to take and they hit that number, I, I, personally, I don't have a problem yeah. with that so much. No, if it gets there within five days, I think that sets the expectation. To be I honest, only first class it. is incringing on uh, priority mail pricing anyway, so the extra to go is. priority is not that big a deal anyway, particularly if you can squeeze it in a flat rate envelope. Um, so, yes. you know, I don't know. I guess it's. I squeeze a lot times. in flat rate envelopes. Mm -hmm. And also in the news, I won't dwell on it, but eBay is incredibly proud of themselves. They've written something called a re commerce report that they say that every seller should read. I haven't waded through it yet, but uh, sure, if you Google eBay re commerce report, you can uh, find out more about that. It's a Selling on eBay radio show. Philip and Sherry keeping you company, hopefully uh, helping you to uh, make a bit more money at your eBay business and maybe have a bit more fun at the same time. Uh, we'll talk about the new listing tool right after this. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us www.sellsellsell.online That's www.sellsellsell.online Thank you for being part of the show. So I finally took the plunge and had a crack at the new listing tool. I think eBay calls it the, the Helix development. And it's part of, I think, of a couple of things. It's trying to standardize the whole listing process across different... Um, technologies. And I think it's also about trying to guide people 
as they make the listing into producing a better listing that's better informed by, guess what, artificial intelligence, I think. Anyway, and the idea, anyway, so this is out now. You, if you haven't been put on it, it's offered as a choice when you post your listings online. So I clicked on the try the new form thing. And my conclusions are, uh, firstly, that if you want to have um, uh, video or maybe import um, pictures from your mobile phone, then this is about the only option that you have. Uh, for doing that. So you'd have to use the new listing tool for that. And um, the, thing I, the thing I like about it, dis I think I, the thing I dislike about it the most is that to actually edit the listing, which of course is why you're there in the first place, the edit window is now a fraction of the size of the old tool. The old tool was almost the full width of the window on your screen, so it could be quite big if you had a nice big monitor. This one is now limited to maybe half the size of the window. I don't know why they've done that. It just gives you a smaller working space for the bit that's most important. So that I found a bit irritating. I'd read somewhere that someone said that you couldn't see or adjust the HTML in the listing, which I don't do a lot of, but sometimes it's the easiest way to fix things. But yeah, there was a little thing, you checkbox thing, you check that and the HTML is then visible. So it is possible to, to go straight to HTML with it. And I think that's useful sometimes. The only problem was that uh, the HTML it presents, they take away all the uh, all the, uh, the the carriage returns and line breaks and stuff and just mash it all together into one huge chunk. So it's pretty hard to understand. And I don't know why they do that. It makes it much harder. Um, the other thing it tries to do, I think, is try to put all the interaction kind of on one screen. And therefore, to access things like the shipping details or promotion details, a second window then opens up. And I have a personal preference for just a one big screen where I can scroll up and down. Everything's there. I don't have to keep opening up other windows to go and explore things. So I didn't care for that so much. Um, when I played around with it a little bit, there's some basic WYSIWYG kind of tools where you can, you can adjust the listing. I did try and make some changes to center justify some stuff, and it didn't seem to work. So I, I think it's writing of the HTML or the editing of the HTML is a little suspect, at least based upon listings that I was working on. Um, so those are sort of not terribly positive things. I also noticed at the bottom of the, the screen, there was a little sort of a disclaimer at the bottom, and it said, if I use this form, I'm opening myself or I'm agreeing to receive offers for, uh, you know, best offers from people, which I don't frankly want to receive. Now, I don't know how that, that's different from the other form, whether it says that somewhere else, but that was kind of a little scary. I wonder if they were trying to sort of move away from the world where you, everybody gets best offers. The, the best offer thing is no longer an optional thing about a listing, and they're kind of heading towards making that mandatory, which would be very depressing for me, certainly. So anyway, yes. um, I don't know. If, uh, I know you've tried it too, Sherry. I, I mean, I would go back to the old one. I think as long as I can, but they're going to take it away at some point. But yeah. I guess it's the it's the price of progress. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I I the reason I started using it was so that we could just import directly uh, from cell phone the pictures, which worked once I went through hell um, to get that technology to work. But um, the other thing is being able to add a video, which mm. I might, for example, be listing a commercial ice flaker, ice machine, um, and we could add a video of it running. Mm. So that's worth it. Um, but I, my employees don't like it as much. They just like mm. to scroll down, enter things like on the old listing tool. We've, we've given it a fair shake, but I tell them, if you don't like it, just switch back. And I keep noticing it's switched back. Hmm. So they don't like it. Yeah. Uh, it's I mean, okay. I mean, that's the thing I like about the desktop stuff is quite often it's, it's a bit more compact. All the stuff is on the screen. It gets, makes for a busy screen sometimes with some of these applications. But once you know what you're doing, that's what you want. You want all the options yeah. in front of you laid out on one place, you'd have to move the mouse too much between stuff to actually select things. I can yes. see what they're trying to do. I can I can see why 
the way they've done it because they're trying to guide you and and, and suggest things and make it more uh, in, incorporate the learning from the other people's experiences. I can see what they're trying to do. I just think that the basics, as always, are a little bit suspect in terms of the ability to use it in a in a in a in a world where you spend all day every day in front of this thing. So yes. I don't know. I, 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 it's a laudable attempt. I I don't think it's as good as the old one, but maybe you know, with enough time, you, you get used to it. Uh, but there we are. That's my conclusion. Uh, also, uh, we said we would uh, help you with uh, some thoughts on combined shipping. Now, this is something that I think affects you more than me, Shari, because uh, most of my stuff is free shipping, so it doesn't really come up as a, a question very often. But you, for the most part, I think, do calculated shipping, right? I do. I use calculated shipping. I am selling a lot of clothing, so a person will find a pair of pants and then they'll see the same brands and mm. more of that same style. And on on Monday, this fateful Monday that I had, um, I had four separate people buying multiple items. And one of them managed to do one option that we have, which is that they put them in their cart and send me a request for an invoice actually they didn't do that i'm lying yeah I, I i was thinking they did but they didn't she said i bought two items can you ship them together and i looked and it wasn't in my awaiting shipment so i went to a waiting payment and there they were so somehow she managed to buy both items without paying for them that's hmm. different than having them in her shopping cart and i was able to just send her a combined invoice so, so that's going to be option number one Okay, so they buy one, them but don't pay for them. Don't don't turn on immediate payment required. You're Leave right. Otherwise, that's not possible. And You're that right. way, people can say they can click the buy button, but they aren't required to make payment until they choose to make payment. And that gives you the option to jump in, look at the cart, look at the order, and re reissue the invoice, but subtract a little bit off the default shipping. Yes. According to what you're offering. Okay, so that's option one. Okay, so that's one option number. The downside two, sounds to me like the the immediate payment required thing. That's a that's a fairly big ask of a seller to Right, you have off. to get rid of those. I actually went through and tried to remove them from all of mine mm -hmm. because of this whole combined shipping thing. Um, and really, the the problem remains that people still buy and pay for things. It's hard to control what they do or mm -hmm. educate a buyer because it's not intuitive. Um, so with her, it happened to work. With another one, um, she purchased two items, and it used my rules that I've set up with eBay, my shipping discount rules. Okay, so this is another possible approach, right, where you yes. give eBay some rules to calculate discounts Combined based upon shipping discounts. weights or whatever. I'm not sure how exactly that works. Maybe you can explain. And uh -huh. then that automatically gives your discount and you hadn't got to do anything other than just bank the money. Right, except, um, so my combined shipping discount rule is add the weights together. Mm -hmm. And on clothing, that's fairly straightforward. However, it charged her about double of what it actually cost. So um, it didn't work well. And I think the reason is we're not putting the exact weight of every garment because we're shipping them priority. Mm -hmm. So we're putting a pound or less. Uh, so th th I think that might be part of why that was incorrect. So I ended up refunding her the extra that she paid. But anyway, that's going to be our option. Number two is create combined shipping discount rules with eBay and they don't work very well, period. There they're presumably are, only as good as the data that you have in your listings. So if you're Correct, the kind of person that's but there's really other problems meticulous, too. okay, all right. You want to know what the other problem is? You, mm -hmm. you, you, I'm sure, have come across this. If it's an item with, that's bigger and it increases the dimensions of the package and pushes it into one of the dimensional weight mm -hmm. zones, it's not going to correctly calculate it. 
because it's just doing it by weight, right? Yes. So for example, if I remember rightly, let's say you've got several of an item and it's 10 by 5 by 4. If you buy two of them, it should be 10 by 5 by 8, shall we say. So it should, in theory, figure out that the volume is twice the volume of one of them. Yes. But it doesn't. It just leaves the volume set at the volume of one. So that's, if you have someone that buys five of them, that could significantly under-calculate the dimensional weight aspect of it. And you may end up not yes. collecting nearly enough money to right. be able to send them out. And I guess yeah, that's, so that's the same. That's kind of just multiples, and it probably does the same sort of thing, I guess, with combined items, potentially. Yes. Um, and then there's another option. Don't hmm. offer combined shipping discounts. And you know what? I can't imagine doing that because with the clothing, it really is incentive for them to buy more. Mm -hmm. And I see it because on Sunday there was, a, I was getting a lot of messages from different people. Oh, I just saw this one and this one. Uh, will you combine the shipping and give me a discount? So I said, I'll give you 10% off of those. Plus I'll combine shipping and it incentivizes them to buy more. So I won't stop offering it. I'm that's, I'm not, that's so option number where I've seen people, I think they typically put that in the listing saying, I'm willing to combine shipping, yes. contact me or whatever. So they could have flagged that even, and they then use one of these sort of manual processes to figure that out. Yeah, I have in every listing that I can remember to put it in that is clothing and not big and having dimensional weight. I put, we combine shipping, exclamation point. Uh -huh. um, and then that brings us to our next option, which you alluded to, is do a manual credit, adjusting it after the fact, post-sale. And most of the time, this is the route I'm going. Mm -hmm. I just say, yes, I combine shipping. I will only charge you what the shipping costs. I will refund you after when I ship it. And that's the one I'm leaning on the most is just refunding them the excess paid after the fact. Now, right now, I think the system is that if you give a partial refund, you don't get the eBay fees back unless you want to call them and try and hassle them to get that. So right, you just which factor I don't that into the do. amount that you, you give them and just, you know, if they, if they if you save them $4, you give them, you know, $3 back and you figure the $1 is towards all the other things that you don't get refunded for. Maybe if I were smarter, I would do it that way. Um, I, I have to admit, I'm rounding up, you oh, know, and nice. uh, if shipping costs me eight twenty, I might be keeping $10 <laughs> on the three items I'm shipping together. But one of the cases was she was international and bought three garments. And um, I told her on Sunday, sometimes with the weight and international, there isn't a savings by combining them but that if there was a savings, I would refund her. So she bought three different things, paid $18 for shipping for each of them. Mm -hmm. And it turns out I was able to ship all three for $18. So I refunded her $36. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that I should make myself, maybe later this week, call eBay and just see if they want to refund me the fees charged on that $36, because mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. considerable. Um, but... I'll, I'll put that on my to-do list. And then I feel like there's one, oh, yeah, I think that we've covered them all. What, what we discovered, you and me, Philip, by testing it, is that you can't put them in your cart and request a total um, like the old days um, because eBay gave you a message saying I already had a, had some discount. A limited test, I think, was because your store has some rules already established for combined shipping calculation, the old school method of put everything you want in the cart and send a request total message gets denied by the platform. It says, well, you've already got a discount from this lady one time, you're not going to get another one. So that that messaging system then stops there. doesn't mean to say that the person can't still cut and paste it into a message and send it to you. But the <clears throat> request total thing is turned off. If I think, <clears throat> for example, you had decided not to have any combined calculated combined shipping rules, 
it would have allowed someone to put a bunch of things in a cart, hit the request total thing, and you would have got an email with the contents of that cart and the option, I think, to issue an invoice with an adjusted shipping total if you wanted to do that. We didn't I quite check that out. but I know. I am going to turn off my combined shipping discount rules because they don't work well. Because I liked the old days when someone put things in their cart and sent me a request for a combined uh, invoice. So I'm going to test that out and report back. Now, I do want to say there's one other option. You can go into your promotions mm -hmm. and create a shipping discount promotion. I've done this before, but I think it must have expired. So I need to make a new one. And you can make a rule in a promotion that says um, if they buy two or more items or three or more items, give them mm -hmm. a flat, let's say you can do free shipping or you could say a flat $10 shipping. And then you choose from the categories, either eBay category or your categories in your store, which items you want to include. So I forgot about that this week. But I remembered now that um, that used to work well. It used to happen automatically. The problem was somehow it included things other than clothing. So someone would buy something with expensive shipping and dimensional weight. And I'd be like, why? They bought two of these and now their shipping's only $10 and it should be $50. So just be careful if you do that to just include the items that you want to include. So was that the other thing I, I come across sometimes is <clears throat> I go through the the, the ask the, the request total thing to try and get a combined shipping thing, and then the response comes back, "Oh, this seller does not do combined shipping. We're not going to send that message for you." Oh. So I'm wondering under what scenario they have their um, account set up to do that. So I, I don't know. I think it's a case mm. of having to once you have it set up, test it, go on online with a different account and see how that it works and send yourself some messages backwards and forwards don't purchase anything but uh, um, you can message backwards and forwards and see how it how it works in practice and just check it's working the way you want because um, it is kind of complicated yes All so right. the options we came up with was was usually just build the rules in eBay and live with that um, have a sort of messaging based manual process after the fact to give a discretionary discount back um, uh, obviously, don't do it at all if you don't want to. Um, do what Philip does and, uh, and use free shipping. Yeah, free shipping works. Or try and set the account up so that you can do the old school method, which is put the items in a cart, request total. But I don't think many buyers are familiar with that because that kind of dropped by the wayside. That's sort of bit auction kind of days kind of stuff. And that's yeah. going back in time a fair bit. Or set something up in Promotions Manager um, to give them a discount that way. I'm sure there's a million yes. other ways of doing that. If you have some other ideas or you think we've got something wrong, which is very possible here, uh, please do get in touch. You can, you can either send us a, a voicemail or a text. The uh, phone lines are always open. That's 833-EBAY-723, 833-EBAY-723. Or you can just give us an email. You can find that detail and also a bit about us, if you at least be interested, at our <laughs> website. That's sellsellsell.online, sellsellsell.online to find out more about us and what we do. And uh, any advice you can give would be very gratefully received, right? Yes. Okay, we'll come back in a minute. We'll talk about how successful uh, 2021 was from a financial point of view for both of us. Do you have an eBay listing that isn't selling? Philip and Sherry want to help. They'll each make a couple of suggestions for things to change or try to get your sales moving. Just send us your item number and we'll get to work www.sellsellsell.online What do you have to lose? Experts are standing by. That's www.sellsellsell.online so the Selling on eBay radio show, here to make your eBay business a bit more profitable, hopefully more fun too. And I thought, given that we've uh, just about finished doing all our tax returns, it might be worth just kind of taking a look at how last year worked out 
from a financial point of view. So I guess we're talking about revenues. Did margins change during the year or was there anything that significantly was different from the uh, the previous year? So I don't know about you, Sherry. Did you have a good 2021 in terms of the uh, the actual sales numbers? Yes. I, actually, good. gross sales were just up 7% from 2020. But profit was up 29%. Oh, well, there you go. That's pretty good. On my side, I would say it was pretty flat. 2021 was not much different from uh, 20. It's like down 3%, which in the eBay up and down scheme of things is is pretty much flat, I guess. And uh, that's good because the previous year, I guess, was up about 30% because of the pandemic, I assume. So it was two good pandemic years. And I'll be honest with you, I worked a lot less hard in 2021 than I did in, in 20. And that was part of I mean, we talked about this under New Year's resolutions. I'm getting to the point where, you know, I want to do this as a hobby rather than feel I have to do it flat out all day, every day. So I gave myself permission not to work that hard, and actually it didn't Good. make too much difference to the bottom line, which was nice to know. I think I end up being better at prioritizing things and just going after the deals that probably make the most difference if I allow myself to take time off and not work that hard. So in that respect, I think that was quite successful. Um, you basically sell everything through eBay. I do a mix of eBay and, and a web store. Um in my case, eBay had a pretty strong 2021. 60% of the revenue went through eBay, 40% through Web Store. I think that's because eBay had a good pandemic and that that helped them. And I think the Web Store just kind of generally notches up year after year, but was didn't do much of an increase in, in last year year's numbers. And like I say, I think eBay had a very strong uh, pandemic. But I think the general trend is perhaps more towards people searching more on Google rather than using eBay as their, their first choice for searching. And um, I also think that maybe people look first on eBay because they feel comfortable with that. And then when before they hit the buy, they do a quick search on Google and just see if this thing's available anywhere else. And... I have it set up that in theory they should find my web store. Oh, okay, well, that's a better price. And by the way, I probably won't get charged sales tax because it's a much smaller operation than eBay. Um, so I think we get a lot of um, of the benefit of eBay's exposure, but I get the sales coming through the web store. It's hard to prove that. But one of the things I do notice is that, as we, we kind of inferred earlier, the sales are up and down very, according to some random process but the web store seems to track ebay fairly consistently and have a good ebay month they have a good web store month and mm -hmm. vice versa which you wouldn't have thought there would be any correlation but they do, do seem to correlate which kind of suggests to me that they're linked in, in in some way hence i i think that people maybe are starting on one and ending up at the other mm -hmm. anyway so that's the revenue side of things are you able to say much about anything about sort of margins were margins good for you sherry or yes um and that's directly related to me changing my rates uh, after talking to some other eBay sellers um, mm. in a Facebook group um, for eBay sellers. Um, the consignment sellers were, had a higher um, commission rate than I was charging, and I finally got the courage to change mine. I think that's the major uh primary reason that my profit was up 29%, which makes all the difference in the world. I am sure. working hard enough and I'm working a lot to pay all my bills and um, support myself. So um, any boost I can get is helpful. So that was really helpful. And even though my payroll was up 40% from 2020, my profit was still up. So you, so. this is because you've been more active hiring people to come in and do the work for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm working more. Mm -hmm. I'm working as much as I was in 2020. I'm just, I am working smarter. But I do consistently have uh, help. I have six employees. And I just got off the phone yesterday with another one. <laughs> um, over the summer, but while they're not in school, I'm going to get every single thing listed. That's my goal, my summer goal. And Very it's looking impressive. like it might happen. Very impressive. Because, yes. So um, how about your margins? Or, or you margins already? have been 
pretty much static. Um, broadly speaking, I mean, my system is I buy on eBay, I sell on eBay, roughly double my money in between the two the two actions. So my cost of goods was, I think, 55% of revenue, and that number's pretty consistent. That's been like that for a number of years. Um, and that's that's... I'm happy with that result. That's not a bad, not a bad number, um, and I think that typically I find that so the cost the, 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 of my cost structure, fifty five percent is what I pay for the item, and then I spend another fifteen percent on uh, cleaning it, refurbishing it, testing it, adding parts, boxing it, and shipping it. That's kind of the numbers, and that those ratios have been pretty consistent over over the last few years. Um, and I think that probably as I try and be more selective, that cost of goods may go up slightly. So it may be a larger percent of revenue because I'll be focusing on more expensive items where so my actual profit margin will come down as a percentage, but the absolute number per box should go up. So I, I, I don't necessarily shoot to hit those numbers and worry about it if I don't, but it's important, I think, to understand them and, and why they're higher or lower. Um, but they haven't changed. They haven't changed very much. So the pandemic basically put everything up, revenues up by 30%, didn't really seem to change the margin very much. So I had a couple of decent years. And I worked less Good. hard last year. Good. Well, I had a couple of decent years and definitely worked hard last year. But I'm <laughs> glad that you're... Uh, that I, I should be more like you. Um, anything else in terms of uh, particular noteworthy numbers or things that we might be able to learn from? Um, well, my advertising and marketing, and I'm talking about things like paid Facebook ads, and mm -hmm. um, I'm not talking about eBay fees or, okay. or ad fees on eBay. But in 2021, it was only $1,700, whereas the previous year... I spent quite a bit more. Um, oh, one thing I just want to point out, I don't know if it's relevant for for others, but um, I spent a lot of money on my website in 2020, but had someone tweak it because they said no one can find this the way that it is. It's not oh, okay. indexed properly. And um, they fixed it. So now when people Google bolder ebay seller mine comes right up um so now people are finding me that way I, and i guess this only applies to people who are selling on consignment mostly mm -hmm. um because that's when people would be searching for someone to sell for them so that's something great that's been happening to me as far as getting items and the more mark the more my marketing is working and items i'm exposed to the more i can say no to which means I'm, the more I can get better and better items because I have more to choose from. On my side, um, some of the figures that come out from from working out all the tax stuff, my the equivalent of final value fees for eBay runs about 8.8, 8 to 9%, something like that. Now, that doesn't include the promoted listings fee, which I account for separately. Okay. Um, it's a bit difficult to compare over the years because, of course, you used to have the PayPal commission and then you had the final value free. Now it's kind of a single number. But I yeah. would say that the eBay take is probably up certainly 1% over the last year or two, maybe closer to 2%. Um, difficult Not to really do a like for promoted? Not including promoted listings. Okay. Um, just to try and give a sort of like for like comparison. And I was surprised. My promoted listing spend is about 0.7% of eBay revenue, which doesn't sound like much, but bear in mind, I either bid zero or maybe 1%. To get 0.7 across the board is actually quite a high number. And it looks like probably 60% at least of the items I sell on eBay are going through the promoted listing system. And they're charging 60%? me- 60%? 60%. Mm -hmm. And that seems high. You know, when they started this, I kind of mentally thought, well, maybe 10%, 15% might go through and, and accrue that extra percentage charge. 60% sounds very high. Now, I don't know whether buyers are just clicking on those things for some reason or 
maybe the page layout is such that it's almost all promoted now. The organic is sort of pushed down to the bottom and everything that, that people see are, are via the promoted route. I don't know. Yeah. I, I haven't got an explanation to why 60%. That seems very high to me, but I've, I've double-checked the numbers and that's, that's what it's uh, turning up. And I'm bidding the lowest possible amount, so... Uh, you can see why eBay's getting very excited about the monetization of search. It does seem to be yes. a bit of a cash cow for them. Uh, yes. Just to just to compare numbers, I, I have a Shopify store, and just to give you some idea, the the fees I pay to Shopify as a percentage of revenue are about three point six percent. So that's that's commission on payments, that's store monthly charges, that's uh, feature fees, everything. Three point six percent of revenue eBay is 8.8 plus the 0.7 for the promoted listings. Um, so it's it's kind of gives you some sense of, of comparison. Um, then they're not an apples to apples comparison, but you can see why a web store is quite attractive if you're willing to do a bit of marketing yourself, uh, because the percentage take is so much less than with with eBay. Yeah, and what percent? I of your items sell on eBay compared to your web store? 60-40. 60% on oh. eBay, 40% on web store. Oh, wow. That's impressive that you're selling 40% on your web store. Now, it's taken a little while to build that up, but it's an automated system. It just pulls the stuff off eBay and populates the web store. So I don't have to put a lot of time into it when once I've got it set up. It does mm -hmm. that. And I don't want to get too wrapped up in that because it's the selling on eBay radio show, not the selling on Shopify show. That's a whole yeah. different broadcast. Um, anyway, but it is worth just, just seeing the comparison. And this is why I think the eBay strategy of trying to push their percentage take up from an average of, say, 12% on the platform to closer to 15% over the next 18, 24 months. I think a lot of people are going to push back on that and, and start to move their business elsewhere. But, you know, that's just my, my guess. So... On a year-to-year -year comparison, my profit was down 1%, which is pretty much equal as far as I'm concerned, but I worked less hard, and the revenue was down by 3%. So maybe on a sort of per-item basis, I was a, a slightly more profitable. Mm -hmm. And uh, here's a, a question for you, Sherry. For tonight's star prize, of all the sources of information that I had to go through to produce all these numbers, which organisation would you say was the most difficult to work with and produced the most infathomable documents, the hardest document to machine read to actually find out what I was paying as the bottom line. I'll have to take your first answer. I'll give you a few seconds to think about it. Okay, I'm gonna go with eBay for 500. Absolutely right. Correct answer. eBay's <laughs> reports are just impossible to understand. The data is there, but it's just, it's just scrambled in a way that makes it really hard to put into Excel and get any kind of meaningful uh, result from. You can kind of figure out oh, yeah. broadly what's going on, but you try and figure it out at an item level, it is, it is really hard to, to, to work out. You're preaching but, to the choir over here. There you go. And I know you're working on that with them as well, your, your best buddies in the uh, managed payments world. Yes, they're going to be my best friends. Good. Well, I can think of no finer person to uh, try <laughs> and get them to uh, correct their ways. Anyway, that's about it for this week's edition of the Selling on eBay radio show. Philip and Shari uh, saying thank you very much indeed for joining us. As we said, uh, you're welcome to find out about what we do. Maybe you can look at our stores. Maybe there'll be questions that may come up from that. Uh, you can find out those at sellsellsell.online. That's the website, sellsellsell.online. And you can use that to stay in touch throughout the week, and we'll see you next week. So this is Philip Jackson saying thank you again for taking your time to uh, join us and we'll see you next week. Yes, have a great week. Thanks for joining us.